Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, so let's just get it out of the way now. This is not going to be an easy show today. Yesterday was one of the darkest days in modern American history. It happened on the air. Many of you have picked up kind of what's going on in this show here. So we're going to get to that in a second. Bear with me. There's a lot to talk about today. And uh, please do not fall for the latest effort by this administration to switch the narrative. We have to stay focused on answers right now because we're interested in saving lives, despite the administration's uh, efforts to save their poll numbers. Saving lives is what matters right now. It's all that matters. <sighs> Big show today. Right, stand up to Big Tech. Get a VPN. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show, a somber show today. Uh, we'll get to it. Uh, I've got a lot of video. Also, the burning question of the day. Um, did the military tell Joe Biden to abandon Bagram? And if they did, why haven't they resigned? The military leaders who did it. Got video on that, too. As I said, today's show brought to you by ExpressVPN. I've been talking about them for a while on my show. Why haven't you gotten a VPN yet? You have to secure your online activity. You don't want people watching what you do online. It's none of their business. People can sell that stuff and take it. There's never been a more important time to protect your digital rights. That's why me, Paula, Guy, and everyone here... You use thousands and thousands of my patriotic listeners choose to secure their online activity using ExpressVPN. Do you believe, you, maybe you said a VPN isn't for you because you can just use the internet just fine without one. Well, anytime you go online, your internet service provider can see every single site you're visiting. You confused about how it works? Well, ExpressVPN is an app for computers and smartphones that encrypts your network data and reroutes it through a secure server. It's super easy to use. That means you can use the internet more anonymously without having your activity tracked. You think VPNs are complex and only for tech experts? Take it from me. I'm not that internet savvy. I'm not that tech savvy. Excuse me. We're internet savvy. They're not. With ExpressVPN, it's super easy to use. You launch the app and you tap one button to protect yourself. It's that simple. I use ExpressVPN to protect my online activity because they're rated number one by CNET and Wired, and they stand for our values. Now's the time for you to take a stand. Take back your privacy at expressvpn.com slash Bongino and get three extra months free on a one-year package. Again, that's expressvpn.com slash Bongino to get three extra months free. That's expressvpn.com slash Bongino right now. Listen, um, we're not, this not going to be a bell today or, you know, Joe's been telling us uh, for a while it's Friday. Joe's not a, uh, really, for obvious reasons, in any mood for uh, Fridays today. No. So Joe, um, in lieu of all that, if you just want to, I know you had something to say to the audience, so I'll just turn Well, I, I know our listeners are pretty smart, and they kind of got the idea of what's going on here. And without going any further into it, I want to say thank you very, very much for your wishes, prayers, and your emails. God bless you all, and thank you. Yeah, well, thank you and your family. Uh, you know what I mean? It's been an emotional day yesterday. Everybody's going through a lot here, like many of you. And, and uh, um, uh, Dan know, and Paula have I, been really, really great about what's going on. So thank no, you guys. So please, that's the least we could do. Yeah, your emails, I've passed many of them on to Joe. Um, some I didn't yesterday, but I've assured him for, for reasons I just didn't want to overwhelm him yesterday. So we, we all appreciate it in addition to Joe. First time we've done it open like that, but uh, definitely um, needed today. We appreciate it. You're the best audience in the business. Hey, um, please uh, check out... Uh, the uh, the show tomorrow also, uh, I've got a lot of perspective I want to bring to this and a lot of good guests. I think it's going to really mean a lot, and I hope we can start to shift the narrative back to saving lives because that's what matters. That's what matters to everyone in the show. We're going to start the show a little different today. We usually do the questions for Dan on Friday after the show, but one of the questions we got, uh, it interestingly sets the table for the show today. So this is one of the questions. You can always submit your questions on my Rumble account, rumble.com slash Bongino. Just comment on a video. Guy looks at them, and we accumulate them for Friday. A listener asks, hey, Dan, I've heard conflicting stories about some deal President Trump made with the Afghanistan leadership and the Taliban, in which the U.S. agreed to be out by May 1st. Can you share some truth about this, please? That's Apollonia 88. That is the perfect question to start the show, because do not let the administration, the Biden administration, attempt to shift the narrative again. They are doing three things here, media-wise, the Biden administration. I want you to be savvy to. We covered two of them yesterday, but I'm going to hit them again today. Please do not fall into this trap. I feel like my goal here today is to do anything we can to save lives on the ground in Afghanistan, but second, to make sure you and I get the truth, that we are seeing eye to eye on what the actual truth and facts are. 
We cannot let the media in conjunction with the Biden administration distract us right now. So I want you to be savvy to what they're doing. Narrative number one is they're going to try to blame Americans as they hastily evacuate Afghanistan. They're going to blame the Americans left behind. There is no doubt. They are going to blame the Americans left behind. They are setting this narrative up right now. You doubt me? I've played for you numerous videos of the administration saying, hey, we told these Americans to get out. No one's listening. It's their fault. Sorry. Here it is again yesterday. Jen Psaki at the press podium answering a question from Phil Philip. Um, I'm sorry, Wegman. Is it Phil Wegman? I'm not sure who it was, but Phil Wegman asked a question. By the way, Jen Psaki's in, uh, listen, I'm not a fashion expert, but, you know, maybe find something in black yesterday. I mean, we only lost 13 people. Really? I mean, uh, again, I'm not like a critique of stupid stuff. It's not an Obama tan suit controversy, but, you know, we lost 13 guys yesterday. You know, I mean, sheesh. Whatever. So uh, here's Jen Psaki yesterday again preparing to uh, blame Americans for leaving them behind. Check this out. Moments ago, you said that the commitment doesn't end uh, at the end of the month. And that, you know, despite August 31st, the commitment remains. Um, during his remarks moments ago, the, the president said that we were going to try and get, quote, as many people out as we can. Is he trying to prepare the American public for a sort of harsh reality that some Americans might still be left on the ground there when we leave? There are some Americans who may not have decided to leave by the 31st. That is possible. Many of these Americans who remain are dual citizens. Uh, they may have extended family members, 20 family members, 30 family members, others who they want to bring with them, and they're not ready to make that decision yet. Our commitment to them does not end. Uh, we will continue to work to get them out. But his objective and focus and laser focus, which he asked for many updates a day on, is getting every American who wants to leave out now in the next few days. That is what our U.S. military is working to deliver on. This may be the dumbest short-term media narrative strategy I've ever seen in my life. Those sound those sound bites will go down in history. After Americans are abandoned next week, they will be. I assure you. They will be abandoned next week. It's a shame. I'm doing everything I can using this microphone and my various platforms to stop it. But I, I'm limited. I have no power. All I have is this microphone. They are getting ready to abandon Americans. This is not about Americans who want to stay. Let me be crystal clear. This is about Americans who want to leave. They are about to abandon and they're going to pretend that they're Americans who want to stay. I assure you with absolute certainty. You okay there? He's taking a little walk around. Got me a little nervous. I thought he was like resigning in the middle of the job. All of a sudden he gets up from the chair and just take, what happened? What did you, Joe, he says he's not Joe Biden. You okay? You just had to close the door. Dumb men do not leave. Joe, shockingly, you found, even in the darkest of times, Armacost still finds a sense of you. Did you hear that, Guy? Stop, man. Do not flee for you Braveheart fans out there. Please, Guy, do not flee. We do. Okay, so narrative number one, don't let them flip the script. They're going to try to blame Americans. Nope, we're not having it. Narrative number two, we got to this yesterday. Uh, they're going to try to switch the narrative from their disastrous evacuation plan to this. This is the greatest airlift in the history of humankind. Here we saw this political White House giving their instructions to the media. We want our props on Afghanistan. Okay, tell that to uh, families who lost people yesterday. You want your props? You can be your props. You can jam them right up your ass. How about that? That is that sound. You can leave that in there, by the way. So here's the latest one. Sorry. Joe goes up and down with emotions all the time, as I do. Don't fall for this narrative. You know what? Let me play the video first. But I saw a couple people, even on the Republican side, fall for this yesterday. Like, oh, look, Biden's finally acknowledging how, how great Trump did. with the, That's not what any of this is about. This is a very sophisticated stunt Biden's trying to pull by citing the Trump deal with the Taliban before. Play this cut of Biden. And I'll explain what's going on on the way back. Check this out. The reason why, whether my friend will acknowledge it, how he's reported it. The reason why there were no attacks on Americans, as you said, from the date until I came into office, 
was because the commitment was made by President Trump, I will be out by May 1st. In the meantime, you agree not to attack any Americans. That was the deal. That's why no American was attacked. I saw a lot of people fall in this trap yesterday, even Republicans and pretty savvy conservatives. They were like, great, Biden's finally acknowledging how great Trump is for making this deal. No one's, That's not what this is about. That's not what this is about at all. What Biden's trying to do now, and if this doesn't make sense, Joe Gee, stop me as the audience official ombudsman. Uh But what Biden's trying to do now is Biden's trying to say, listen, he knows the evacuation and the hasty evacuation of Afghanistan without a conditions-based approach on the ground was a disaster. He knows he made one of the biggest tactical blunders in U.S. history. Biden, his team knows that. Biden may not know anything. He's cognitively impaired. But Biden's team knows this. They just we just lost our guys yesterday. Ninety plus Af- Afghans were killed. They know they had a disaster. So they're looking to blame someone. So what they want to do now is they want to say, well, this wasn't a decision we made. This was a decision Trump made to make a deal with the Taliban to get out by May 1st. And we were bound to live by it. And look. The reason we were bound to live by it and wanted to live by this deal is because the deal was so good. Look, no one was even killed on the ground. It was such a good deal. We have to abide by it. Digest that. Does everybody get that? Joe, Guy? Yeah. Makes yeah. sense? Biden saying very simply in that, Guy, you're not, you're not giving me a head nod. Does that make sense to you? Okay, thank you. Biden saying the deal was so good that Trump made that I had to abide by it. Nobody was killed. Trump. So you may say, oh, well, he's celebrating President Trump. No, that's not what he's doing. Because that wasn't President Trump's deal. He's trying to blame Trump, not celebrate Trump. He's trying to blame Trump for making a bad deal. Look, you made this deal. You know, you didn't make it conditions based on the ground. And I had to abide by it and we had to get out. That's not at all what happened. If you go to this BBC article, this is, you get the political one. You go to this BBC article, you'll see right after President Trump Uh, and his administration cut this deal with the Taliban to be out of Afghanistan by May 1st. It was just days after the deal signed February 29, 2020, February 29th, in a leap year, which is, uh, you know, weird in and of itself, right? Signed a deal February 29th. Look at the date on this article, the BBC. March 4th, 2020. Just a few days after President Trump signs the deal. Afghan conflict, U.S. conducts first airstrike on Taliban since deal. You picking up what I'm putting down? President Trump, although they made this deal with uh, the Taliban, made it conditions-based just days after the Taliban was starting to attack again, and President Trump said, screw that deal, I'm going to light you sons of bitches up. You can leave that in too. Sorry, folks, but it's important. So don't tell me there were no attacks on people and you were bound by the deal. President Trump didn't even bind himself by the deal. Trump said, we'll do a deal if you guys can not kill people, Taliban losers. They said, no, we're Taliban. We have to kill people. And President Trump said, "Okay, we're going to kill you, too. Biden's trying to say the opposite. Oh, President Trump signed the deal was so great. Nothing happened afterwards. I had to abide by it. Look from the BBC piece. U.S. military, this is under Trump. Again, it's conducted an airstrike against Taliban fighters in Afghanistan just hours after Trump said he had a very good talk with the leader of the group. The U.S. signed the deal with the Taliban on Saturday aimed at bringing peace to Afghanistan after years of war. But a U.S. forces spokesperson said it launched an airstrike on Wednesday in response to Taliban fighters attacking Afghan forces in Helmand province. The Taliban called for de-escalation. So you had Trump cuts a deal to withdraw from Afghanistan, which I agree with. So do a lot of Republicans and Democrats realizes the deal was broken immediately attacks the Taliban. The Taliban backs down. Then you have Biden again, wants to withdraw from Afghanistan, tries to cite the Trump deal, pulls out no matter what, no conditions based withdrawal. Just withdraw. We don't care what happens leads to this disaster. And then he tries to blame Trump. Keep in mind, Biden didn't even abide by the deal. Trump's deadline was May 1st to get out. Last time I checked, it's August. Biden already had moved the date to September. You see how what he's trying to do? He's not trying to give Trump credit. 
He's trying to blame Trump. I know this is a little bit of a kind of a second order argument here, but it's important. Do not let them flip the script. He's not trying to credit Donald Trump. He's trying to blame him, saying Trump was going to get out no matter what. And that's why the Taliban didn't attack us. B.S. Jay, they did attack us and Trump fought back like Biden didn't. After Trump signed his own deal and then they didn't follow it. Don't fall for this nonsense. This is an important point. I hope I explained this well. All right, moving on. I'm confused here as well. Because Biden, who constantly is trying to flip the script, blaming Americans, celebrating the evacuation, said he had to honor the deal with Trump, even though he didn't honor the deal with Trump, and Trump didn't honor his own deal because it was conditions-based, and Taliban, the Taliban didn't meet the conditions. Biden's trying to play it both ways. He's trying to say, hey, we always knew this was going to happen in Afghanistan. But then he says, but we were caught off guard, so we had to expedite the evacuation. Both of those things can't be true, folks. Either you always knew this was going to happen in Afghanistan, the fall of Afghanistan, or the narrative you're playing now, oh, but we were caught off guard, so we have to expedite the evacuation and evacuate Americans and leave them behind and, and leave Bagram. Both, both of those things can't be true. On the first front, because, he's, again, both of these arguments can't possibly exist at the same time. Biden's first argument, hey, we always knew this was going to happen. Did you really? Again, going to yesterday's piece I cited in the Wall Street Journal. It's not from you. It's from a few weeks ago. U.S. troops to evacuate personnel from Afghanistan embassy, leaving only core staff. You'll see down later in the piece, the Obama administration did not anticipate that this was going to happen. They're just lying. They anticipated, quote, that it would maintain an enduring diplomatic presence to assist the Afghan government to counter the Taliban. This article is from only a few weeks ago. The Biden administration is lying. We anticipated this entire thing was going to happen. You didn't anticipate it. And then there are other arguments, but we were caught off guard. So now we have to expedite the evacuation. We're going to have to leave Americans behind and abandon Bagram because we were caught, we were caught off guard. folks. None of that's true either. No, not, that's not true. You can't have both of these arguments at the same time. I'm going to show you how military leadership here, intel people warned them, and military leadership in Biden were stubborn. They were warned things were going to happen, and people at the top clearly made bad calls. Resignations have to happen now. I'm going to get to that in a second. Hey, folks, it's getting crazy out there, and more and more of you are choosing to exercise your Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms with an American-made We the People holster. This is mine right here for my uh, Glock 43. It's my actual holster. It's precision molded, as you can see, to my actual Glock 43, which is wonderful, perfect fit. These guys are more than just holsters. They're becoming a destination for you patriotic Americans out there. Go to wethepeopleholsters.com slash Dan. Check out their complete line of amazing patriotic shirts, their 100% American-made tactical gun belt, with their proprietary talon buckle. And they even have their own line of bacon jerky that's been flying off the shelves because it's amazing. Most importantly, We The People holsters are custom molded to fit your exact firearm for a quick, smooth draw. With thousands of options to choose from, plus a selection of custom printed holsters, you're sure to find just the right fit for your firearm and your lifestyle. Go to wethepeopleholsters.com slash Dan right now. Get an additional $10 off with the offer code Dan, my first name. Every holster comes with a lifetime guarantee. If it's not a perfect fit, send it back for a full refund. We the people holsters.com slash Dan. We the people holsters.com slash Dan. Pick up one of these today. They're terrific. So, folks, they're lying on both fronts, okay? Biden, if he just would have stuck with a conditions based approach on the ground for a departure like Trump did, we would not be in this spot right now. Now, the decision to abandon Bagram is one of the worst tactical decisions in the history of the U.S. military. This broke out, uh, broke yesterday. This was caught by the last refuge guy on, uh, on social media. This is Mark Milley back, I believe, in June at some budget hearing. He's asked by a congressman. He's asked about if we need Bagram, if we need Bagram to maintain a presence in Afghanistan and do a pro, uh, an appropriate drawdown. I want you to listen to this because this no military person I've spoke to thought it was a good idea to abandon Bagram. But listen to Mark Milley, the Joint Chiefs Chairman, in this disgraceful appearance. Check this out. Is it at all possible to keep Bagram Air Force Base? Could, could I make a 
uh, a comment, Secretary? If that so, uh, a couple of quick comments here uh, on Bagram. Bagram um, is not necessary tactically or operationally for what we're going to try to do here with with Afghanistan. Uh, consolidate on uh, uh, Kabul um, with in support of their government. How is he not resigning right now? The single worst decision in decades in a, a, a military tactical decision I've seen. You abandon a base nestled in the mountains with standoff military personnel, equipment, and two runways. Perfect for an evacuation of Afghanistan and the slow withdrawal that's safe. Perfect. A fortified facility in lieu of an airport in Kabul, four million people surrounding you, high ground everywhere, and a total lack of control. And then what happened yesterday? How is Mark Milley still in his job? How is this man not resigned? There's only two ways here. Again, only two possible solutions. Either they knew this was going to happen and abandoned Bagram anyway. And in that case, it's dereliction of duty, which has led to the bloodshed we saw yesterday. Or they were caught off guard and didn't anticipate it. I don't believe Millie is that stupid. I believe Millie is saying what Joe Biden told him to say. I don't believe any serious military person at the high levels of our command, of our, of our structure, command structure, told Joe Biden to abandon Bagram. I have not found one military person yet who think that's what, thinks that was a tactically sound idea. That's nonsense. I think Joe Biden from the start made a bad decision to get out, told his military leadership, you tell everybody we don't need Bagram. That is exactly what I believe happened because Joe Biden is a moron. That's why. And now he's going to try to pawn this off on the military because some of these guys at the top of the military, sadly, did not have the guts to tell Joe Biden this was a bad decision. They knew it. There's no way they're stupid. No way. How do we know this? Because here's Joe Biden yesterday, again, trying to blame the military and saying, oh, yeah, they told me to abandon Bagram. It was a good idea. Nonsense. I don't believe that. He told them we're going to abandon Bagram, and some of them sadly just nodded their heads. Check this out. Did you personally reject a recommendation to hold or to recapture Bagram Air Force Base? Here's what I've done. On the, let's ask the, answer the last question first. On the tactical questions of how to conduct an evacuation or a war, I gather up all the major military personnel that are in Afghanistan, the commanders, as well as the Pentagon. And I ask for their best military judgment. What would be the most efficient way to accomplish the mission? They concluded, the military, that Bagram was not much value added, that it was much wiser to focus on Kabul. Nope. I don't buy that at all. I don't buy that. Biden clearly told people he wanted out in a poorly thought out decision because Biden's the commander in chief and he's just dumb. He's just not a smart man. He's been on the wrong side of every foreign policy issue since his time in politics. His judgment is terrible. His instincts are terrible. And again, he is not a smart person. Biden told them you will get out of Afghanistan, even if we have to abandon Bagram. Then, instead of military leaders resigning and saying, folks, they know our military people aren't stupid, okay? They may have exercised incredibly poor judgment, but they're not, they're not like, but Biden's a genuine dunce. So you may say, Dan, if the commander-in-chief told them we got to get out and told Millie and everyone, you go up in front of Congress and tell them we're going to abandon Bagram and it's a good idea, what could they have done? Fair question. They could have threatened to resign. Said, listen, I am not going to make this decision to abandon an airbase that is going to get people killed. We will have no way to get our people out. This is not sound military judgment. I'm sorry, but I'm turning in my stars. I'm turning in my, uh, I'm, I'm turning it in. I'm resigning. They could have done that. You may say, oh, Dan, there's no history of that. Really? You want to go through it? Here's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven headlines from people thought, uh, who thought Trump had made a bad decision and who threatened to resign. You don't see any of that now. Really weird, right? Here's Politico. Top DOJ official drafted resignation email amid Trump election pressure. Here's uh, 
Bloomberg. Trump averts mass resignation crisis as riot tests staff loyalty. Hmm. Seems like resignation is only a thing in the Trump administration when they can embarrass him. Not when you got to kiss Biden's butt. Here's Reuters. Exclusive. Top FDA official says he would resign if agency rubber stamps an unproven COVID-19 vaccine. Wow. Resignation's a really effective tool when it's Donald Trump. Amazing how he could have saved lives overseas in Afghanistan by threats to resign, and nobody did that. Odd, right? May say there's more. Oh, there's more. Business Insider. Attorney General Bill Barr threatened to quit last year over Trump's attempt to fire FBI Director Chris Wray. Hmm. There's more. Oh, there's more. There's more. You still haven't seen a Biden one, have you? Could have saved lives, our military people, by telling Biden no or threatening to resign. Nobody did that. Here's another one. The New Yorker, Kirsten Nielsen's inevitable resignation from the Department of Homeland Security. Hmm. Here's another one. Rolling Stone. Report. Two top military officials threaten to resign if Trump allows disgraced naval officer to stay in SEALs. Hmm. You sensing a pattern here? How when they want to embarrass Donald Trump, resignations or a public threat used to pressure him to make a different decision. But odd, everybody in the military, everyone, trust me, everyone, knew Joe Biden was going to get people killed by abandoning Bagram and yet no threats to resign. Here's one last one. Long at odds with Trump, Defense Secretary Esper has prepared a resignation letter, officials say. Strange how, again, when it was Donald Trump, and he made decisions they didn't like. The threats to resign magically, air quotes, leaked to the public. Don't you dare do this, Mr. President. We'll embarrass you and resign in mass. And he had a decision everyone in our military, everyone knew would get people killed in Afghanistan. And our top leadership, we didn't see any threats to resign. Speaks to priorities, doesn't it? You know, the problem right now, Ryan Crocker, former ambassador to Afghanistan, nailed it the other day. The problem is our military, upper levels of our military, not our guys on the ground. God rest them, man. God rest their souls and God bless America and all those, all those who defend her. All of them. Ryan Crocker said it right. He said the problem right now is not that the Taliban controls Afghanistan. It's that nobody does. And the idea that our military officials at the top and Joe Biden decided it was a good idea to put faith in the Taliban for a safe evacuation from Afghanistan is the second worst decision tactically in the history of our military in at least the last 30 or 40 years. Now people are dead because of it. The first was the evacuation of Bagram. Ryan Crocker's right, though. The reason that decision was stupid is because you think the Taliban is an effective central government. You think the Taliban's in control right now. The Taliban has no money. The Panjshir Valley there, they're dealing with a rebellion there as well. There are a bunch of medieval savages with a bunch of Al-Qaeda and ISIS guys who, who uh, just uh, switch in and out of their ranks. They're killers, child rapists, murderers, and we trusted them with our security. They don't even control Kabul. Dan, how do you know that? Because people walked in and blew up 13 of our military people, our service members yesterday, and the Taliban was supposed to be in control. You can't have it both ways. Someone in the upper levels of the military with Joe Biden somehow contended that we could trust the Taliban with our security, and Americans died because of it, and Afghans, and a lot of them. You, you thought the Taliban was in control? Nobody's in control. You've got ISIS in there. You've got Al-Qaeda moving in. You think the Taliban's in control? You had faith in them? Remember Joe Biden? The Taliban's undergoing an existential crisis. They're murderers. They don't have existential crises. They're murderers. They kill. That's what they do. Their currency's death and destruction. That's it. That's their coin. Again, why haven't we seen resignations? I have no idea. All right, uh, let me get to my third sponsor, and I want to get to this because this is important too. We trusted the Taliban? 
So we have the poor decision on Bagram. We have the blame game we discussed. Now we're going to discuss, and who made this awful decision in trusting the Taliban? Wait till we get to this next one. Paula couldn't believe this story. She thought it was a, a sick joke when she heard it last night. Hey, not so long ago, companies solely existed to provide products and services. Customers spent money in return for a product and service. Remember that? The good old days? Well, everything changed almost overnight. A lot of these companies became vessels for anti-American and anti-family propaganda. They still are. Few companies have had the courage to stand up for America, Christian values, and our Constitution. Well, one of the first was Patriot Mobile. Patriot Mobile has the broadest nationwide coverage and uses the same towers as all the major carriers. So you get the same great service, plus they have plans to fit any budget. Their 100% U.S.-based customer service team is the highest rating among wireless carriers. More importantly, Patriot Mobile shares your values and supports organizations fighting for religious freedom, the Constitution, sanctity of life, veterans, and first responders. Go to patriotmobile.com dan or call 972-PATRIOT. Get free activation with the offer code DAN. They also have special discounts for veterans and first responders. Support a company that loves America, loves you, and shares traditional family values. Go to patriotmobile.com slash Dan today. That's patriotmobile.com slash Dan or call 972-PATRIOT. Sorry, let me take a note. Don't want to forget this for the regular show. So much going on right now. So who made this decision? Talk about trusting the Taliban. A dreadful decision in and of itself. Nobody is in charge in Afghanistan right now. The Taliban are not in charge. Stop telling people that. And placing trust in them as if there's some effective central governing body is ridiculous. Politico. Look at this story yesterday. It went viral. U.S. officials. This is not a joke. U.S. officials provided the Taliban with the names of Americans and Afghan allies to evacuate. You're telling me with a straight face that a bunch of terrorist child raping thug savage man beasts. We left them with a list of Americans and a list of people helping Americans. You mean we left them with a kill list so that these people don't get out. We can make sure they know who to hunt down and kill because you assume they were in charge and are having an existential crisis. I'm just, I'm just trying to get my arms around that. Why haven't we had resignations yet from the upper levels of our military, the State Department, the Biden White House? Gets even worse because of our hasty withdrawal and our decision to leave immediately without doing a conditions-based withdrawal like the Trump team did. They act up, Trump bombed them. That's what happened. I just read to you the BBC report. Not what Biden did. Biden said, we're out. Even if you kill our people, we're still out because he's an idiot. Because of our hasty withdrawal, Times UK article, Anthony Lloyd. British embassy left the details of Afghan staff for Taliban to find. While militants looked on, Anthony Lloyd found startling paperwork abandoned by British officials in their retreat, including job applications, the British embassy from Afghans. What happens when you abandon Bagram in order to reach a September 11th photo op? Because you're Joe Biden and you're the dumbest human being to ever occupy the White House. And now people are dead because of you. I can assure you, by the way, every single person, every job resume the Taliban now has their hands on from the British embassy and the list they have from Americans. Those people will become targets in just a few days, if not now. Hard to believe we elected a guy this incompetent to be president of the United States. Of the 333 million Americans, I'm not kidding, I put this guy at the bottom 1% in character, morals, ethics, dignity, aptitude, achievement, intelligence, social intelligence, unit, openness, competitiveness, extroversion, aggressiveness, neuroticism for you psychology majors out there. I put him at the bottom of every single one of those things. This guy is really that low quality of a human being. We trusted the Taliban. Whose decision was that in the military? And again, why haven't you resigned? Here's another article. 
I told you yesterday during the shows, it was picked up by the Wall Street Journal today. I didn't get it from them. I'm not suggesting they got it from me either. I'm just telling you it's common sense. Folks, th- there's no meaningful distinction between the Taliban, ISIS, Al-Qaeda, AQAP. Yeah, I get it. They're different groups. Sometimes they fight. Sometimes they don't. Here's the only thing you need to know about these groups. Don't ever forget this. They hate America far worse than they hate each other. Do you ever notice how the uh, Sunni-Shia distinction seems to disappear when it comes to killing Americans too? Do you ever notice that? So for the purposes of American foreign policy, all we need to understand, correct, is that they hate us more than they hate each other. So again, this attempt to say, oh, you're going to trust the Taliban, they're in charge. Nobody's in charge. That's the problem. Terrorists are in charge. Here's an article by the Wall Street Journal showing you how what I said yesterday is true. The Taliban, whether it was ISIS, ISIS-K, Al-Qaeda, whoever set off those bombs yesterday, killing our people and Afghans, benefited the Taliban. They're loving every minute of this. The Kabul airport massacre. Jihadists killed 13 Americans, more than died in Afghanistan all of 2020. I want you to go down in this piece. There's a quote from this piece that reiterates what I said yesterday. The Taliban is responsible. The Taliban is responsible because they benefited from this. It says the Taliban may be enemies of ISIS as they compete for jihadist supremacy, but they may also believe they benefit from the airport attack. The bomb didn't kill them. It killed Americans and Afghans attempting to leave the country. And the result will be fewer Afghans who are allies of the U.S. and NATO will be able to make it out. What did I say yesterday during the show, if you go back and listen? The Taliban are responsible for this. It doesn't matter what the Biden administration tells you about who was responsible. I'm telling you the Taliban are responsible because they benefit from it and they did nothing to stop it. The Taliban want money. I told you before they are out of money and they're dealing with their own rebellion. There's rebellion happening in this valley in Afghanistan. Whether it's going to succeed or not, um, I don't know. But a lot of Afghan special forces folks are, uh, are, are over there working with former Afghan officials to fight back. The Taliban are not, believe me, they're not the powerful group you think they are. We wiped them out with the Northern Alliance in just a few weeks after 9-11. They don't want to be embarrassed. They need money. They're broke right now. The U.S. has held up billions of dollars of Afghan money. There's IMF money they don't have. This country will fall apart immediately, and the Taliban knows it. They're trying to fake some semblance of credibility right now as a governing body, and they can't do it while hundreds of thousands of Afghans are sitting in sewage lined up to escape from them. Does that make sense? They can't do it. They can't claim legitimacy while no one believes they're legitimate. This airport scene was getting embarrassing. They were trying to tell Afghans, you're not allowed through, you're not allowed back, because it was embarrassing them. What better way to get Afghans away from the airport to bomb the airport then? They are responsible. Don't believe any of this nonsense otherwise. They benefited from this attack. All right, page two. I'm going to get to what to do in a minute. Addressed it yesterday on the radio show, but it's important. Again, resignations in our military, please. Uh, Who thought this was a good idea to send out yesterday? I don't know. Some of you may have seen this. This is a sergeant major in the Army. Michael Grinston, who thought it was a good idea to send out a tweet yesterday, um, that diversity is a number. You have people that don't look or think like you in the room. Inclusion is listening and value those people. Talking about Women's Equality Day. Is this real? You know, I've explained on the show often the the concept of opportunity cost. How there's a cost to opportunities you forego. If you were one of the greatest internet coders on planet Earth and you're offered a job for a million dollars and you don't take it because you want to stick to your job, you know, uh, whatever, selling pretzels on the corner, maybe you like it, who knows? But there was an opportunity cost. If the pretzel job makes you 10 bucks a day and the other job made you 100,000 a day, that opportunity cost to you was significant. There's an opportunity cost to lost time too. All the time you spend focusing on Virtue signaling, politically correct diversity initiatives when you're a warfighter and not spent on teaching your troops how to kill and bring violence to the enemy effectively to win wars is lost time. I'm going to make a suggestion here. It was brought up on my show yesterday by, I believe it was Kurt Schlicht in my radio show where he was a guest. It's time for a 
complete restructuring of our military. We did it after Vietnam. We looked at some of our failures. We restructured our military for the battles of the future. It's time for that now. It's way past time for that now. Now, what to do about Afghanistan going forward? I want to get to another story because it's important. A uh, post-millennial story about January 6th. Around the airport, we need to expand the cordon, the security perimeter, immediately. We can do it. We have the personnel to do it. We have to expand the cordon out. We have to open up arteries to the airport immediately, roadways, motorcade routes, so we have a clear path to the airport on the ground if we need it, on the airport and away from the airport if we need it. We can secure them. We've got the personnel. It's also time to counter-strike now and punish these people. As I said, the Taliban benefited from this attack. They are responsible. I don't want to hear any stories about ISIS-K or anything else. It's all the same. The Taliban, they are celebrating at what happened yesterday. They will shoot at us on the way out. Well, what's the best way to stop from them uh, hitting us? Well, ladies and gentlemen, the best defense sometimes is a good offense, right? They tell you that in boxing. When you're punching the other guy, he's not thinking about punching you. Right now, they're sitting back in their chairs, lounging, thinking about the next attack on Americans. They won't be doing that when we're killing them in their chairs. It's time for a counter-strike now. Biden doesn't want bloodshed, right? Biden got it yesterday, and it was ours. It's time for them to shed some blood. The best defense is a good offense. It's time to counter-strike now. It doesn't mean a perpetual war. You know I'm in favor of withdrawal. I agree with Trump and Biden that it was time to end this operation. We did our best there. We did our best. It's time to counter-strike now. Get them thinking. We have the capability on the ground for some serious destruction to get them thinking about how they're going to survive, not to make us try to survive. It's the only language they speak is blood and violence. We also need to establish landing zones, secure landing zones around the city. We can land our helos. We can get our people out. There are still thousands of Americans and people we need to get out stuck behind Taliban lines. If we had LZs that were secure landing zones, we could helo people out. They're not difficult to secure. Our Air Force and our personnel, we, have a, we, have, we know exactly what to do, securing landing zones. We need to take over these checkpoints from the Taliban. Why we trusted the Taliban is absolutely insane. It's one of the most embarrassing, poorly thought out military decisions in human history right after the decision, shocking decision to abandon Bagram. We need to seize the high ground around the airport, start clearing buildings. Everybody out. I'm sorry. This is no time for a nice time. You can come back when we're done. As of now, everybody out. The Afghan civilians, everyone, you got to get out. Seize the high ground, own the buildings, control the entrances, control the high ground. You see anything moving that shouldn't be moving, that looks like an enemy, you take it out from the high ground. We should retake Bagram immediately. We have the capability to do it until all of our people are out. Let's get all of our people exfiltrated over to Bagram first where we can secure it and then get them out from there. And finally, we need to seize all of their assets. Do not let the Taliban, while they're in charge, cash one check. Starve them out. It's the only way. That's what to do. It's easy to say and talk about stuff, but there is a plan. We should implement it. All right, let me get to my last sponsor, and I got a story and then a question, another question for Dan at the end. I know we did that a little different today, but uh, I wanted to, one of those questions was so spot on. You know, they, Biden keeps citing the Trump deal to withdraw. Why is he doing that? Because he's trying to blame Trump. Again, I can't say that enough. He's not trying to, you know, Oh, Trump made such a great deal. Look, we had to abide by it. Somebody's doing it all. It's none of that. It's a very sophisticated political trick he's playing. Don't fall for it. All right, our last sponsor today, our friends at LifeLock. With more of our lives being connected over the internet, a lot of your personal data already exists online. Be vigilant in how you share information and help manage your digital identity. Avoid phishing scams, changing your password, and using two-factor authentication. Uh, there's just some ways to help you protect yourself. I had my identity stolen. It was a disaster, total nightmare. It's important to understand our cybercrime and identity theft are affecting our lives. Every day we put our information at risk on the internet. In an instant, a cyber criminal could steal what's yours. Sometimes they harm your finances, your credit, your reputation. It took me about a year to clean up the mess when it happened. I had LifeLock before they were a sponsor. Good thing there is LifeLock. LifeLock helps detect a wide range of identity threats like your social security number for sale on the dark web. If they detect your information has been potentially compromised, They'll send you an alert. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But you can help protect what's yours with LifeLock Identity Theft Protection. 
Join now and save up to 25% of your first year at lifelock.com slash Bongino. That's lifelock.com slash Bongino for 25% off. Thanks, LifeLock. I appreciate it. That was a mess. You know what they did? They stole my identity. Ever tell you this story, Joe? And they yeah. uh, they bought a bunch of Car- Carlton Sheets real estate <laughs> yes. programs. Yeah, so one day, I don't know, they were shipped to my house, one of them, which didn't make sense. Like, I don't know what they were doing. They were testing the card, maybe. I have no idea. Criminals do that. I did a lot of financial crimes in my prior line of work, right? And uh, I get this box one day of Carlton Sheets real estate programs. Like, what the hell is this? I call and they're like, yeah, it was bought on this date. I'm like, I think my car, I go look at my card. Sure enough, it was stolen. That, my identity, everything. And then they they tried to steal my daughter's identity for a medical procedure one time. That's when I got LifeLock. True story. It's not even part of the the ad. That's just true. I'm like, Carlton Sheets. One, I was like, who the hell's Carlton Sheets? (laughs) That was the first thing that came to mind. True story. Big stack of them. Uh, Carlton Sheets real estate programs. I never went into real estate. All right. I warned you about uh, just shifting gears a bit on Afghanistan. Again, I'll be covering a lot of this on my show. Saturday night, 10 p.m. on Fox Unfiltered. We'll be live. I've got a great list of guests. Uh, Jocko Willink will be there. I got Pete Hegseth there. I've got um, Cash Patel, who made an unbelievable point yesterday about Millie that I want him to make again on my Fox show. Don't miss it. Set your DVR and watch it live. So I warned you about this January 6th commission Pelosi was setting up. I told you that the January 6th commission, the only purpose of it was to silence conservatives. That what they wanted to do is keep this commission going. They wanted to keep subpoenaing people throughout the 2022 election in an effort to shut you down. That's it. It was the only purpose. They don't, The FBI just did this investigation. Did you see it? I'll get to the point in a second. But they found there was no conspiracy. So what are they investigating? What are they investigating? They're not investigating They're trying to shut conservatives down from speaking and networking before the 2022 election. So they lose. That's the only purpose. Here, article to Post Millennial. See it up at BonginoReport.com too. Pelosi's January 6th committee makes a blacklist of conservative media figures. They created a high-profile Trump supporter list, many of whom are reporters, and they're demanding their communications with the Trump administration. Folks, this is not to uncover some conspiracy. This is to shut you down before 2022. Resist it. Here, from the piece in the post-millennial. The FBI investigated the Capitol, right? And by their own admission, found scant evidence of a conspiracy. The charges filed against the 570 people arrested show that very few of those involve conspiracy. And those charges are among known groups. But House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and the nine members on the committee appear to be committed to finding evidence of a crime. They have this long list of reporters and others they want to list from. I told you about this a while ago. There's nothing to do with anything other than trying to shut down conservatives from talking before the election. All right. You know what, Guy? Let's skip ahead to the, uh, the uh, question today. It's, uh, it's been a long week for a lot of people. So uh, given that it's Friday, I think we'll, uh, we'll get to this and then we'll wrap it up. This Afghanistan thing has taken a lot out of me and a lot of folks around here mm, yeah. for obvious reasons. And again, we sincerely appreciate the yeah, Joe more than anyone. Uh, but you know, you get it folks. We appreciate your support and the fact that you've turned to us for news this week in this really tough time. We deeply appreciate that. Last question. Again, if you want to submit them, go to rumble and uh, just right underneath any of the, any of the videos. Uh, this is a rat's pack says, Hey Dan, I know this isn't a current events question, but wanted to ask it anyway. How'd you and your wife meet? All right. Well, he goes on. Now for a current events question. Can, can we ask two? Yeah, you can ask two, whatever. Can the mili- can't the military destroy the hardware they left behind? Drop a few bombs. They know where it's located, right? If you're not going to take two, just take the first. Thanks. Well, I'll give you both. The first one's a simple one. How did me and my wife meet? Uh, it was a blind date. It was a blind date. My cousin had a friend who I'm still friends with. Uh, and um, my cousin's, excuse me, my cousin's wife had a friend and I had said to my cousin's wife at a party, I'm like, Hey, you got any sisters? I was joking. You know, I was a single guy back then. It was a joke. Seriously. She's like, no, I don't have any, any sisters. But, uh, she said, I have a friend in work who, uh, I think you'd like to meet. And that friend was Paula. So we went on a blind date. I drove Paula crazy on the blind date. I was, uh, I may have had a few few adult sodas that they how she put up with me i don't know but it was a blind date i saw her on the line 
I was in Sullivan's. It's a bar in Bayside, Queens. It's an outdoor bar, part of it. Some of it's indoor. And uh, I remember saying, because she was on the line, and I wasn't too excited about this blind date. So I'm on the phone with her on my Motorola StarTac. Remember those phones? And I'm like, hey, what are you wearing? She's like, I got a red shirt on and, uh, and, and black pants. And I was like, I looked, there was only one person with a red shirt, black pants, with like 20 people online. I was like, whoa, hey now. And I told my friend, you got to go home. <laughs> I was with my friend just in case the date didn't work out. I'm like, hey, Brian, I'm sorry. You got to get out of here. I'm like, I'll give you some money for a cab, which is funny because I think I gave him $140 for a cab. And then uh, he told me years later, we're still friends, but he was like, remember that night you gave me $140 for the cab to take home? He goes, yeah. Yeah. He goes, oh, I met a girl that night. She drove me home and I just took your $140 as payment for you ghosted me on that night. I was like, okay, I deserve that. Good, good call. That's a true story. All right. Now on to the serious question, the equipment. Why didn't we destroy the equipment left behind? Well, you know what? That's a good point. So we got Bagram, abandoning Bagram, bad decision. Trusting Taliban, bad decision. And decision three, equipment. Why did we make that bad decision? I don't know. Could we have destroyed it? Yes. Now the problem is the equipment has likely been moved. Some to foreign countries, some probably given to terror groups. It's probably been dispersed and it's going to be very hard to destroy. There are upwards of 75,000 vehicles. There are helicopters. There's 600,000 weapons. You may say, Dan, how do you destroy all that? Well, weapons, you, you don't really have to destroy them, but you could have made them non-functional. We could have taken the firing pins. Granted, can they order a bunch of firing pins? They can, but it's better than leaving them there whole. Then they got to order firing pins. You know, with the military vehicles, do we have to leave them? Well, you could have thrown sand in the gas tank or something. We could have dropped a few grenades inside the interior of them. We could have destroyed it. The helicopters, probably not so much. Now, I've got, uh, my wife asked me the question last night in a fair one. She said, why didn't we just take the equipment with us? Well, folks, as a guy who's flown on quite a few C5s, 17s, and I'm not sure I've ever been on a 130. A C5 is enormous. A cargo plane, you can probably load, I'm guessing, loadmasters out there, you probably know better, depending on the helo, you can probably load maximum two helos on there when they, uh, when they fold in the uh, propellers. There's just no way we were going to get all that equipment out of there. No way. But yeah, we could have destroyed it, and we didn't. So there are your three horrendous decisions. Abandon Bagram, trusting the Taliban, and leaving the equipment behind. Just disgraceful. All right, folks, thanks again for tuning in, and thanks for all the, uh, the emails. Uh, I know, Joe, you appreciate it. And uh, mm -hmm. prayers up, folks. Prayers up for all our guys on the ground. All our guys. This mission's not over. And, uh, you know, God rest the soul of all those heroes who we lost yesterday. Thanks for everything you do. We'll see you all on Monday. You just heard Dan Bongino.